Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Investors don't love recessions. Bad things happen when the economy contracts. Top-line corporate growth stops. Revenue and earnings fall. That sends stock prices lower. Ever since the pandemic ended, lots of investors fearing a recession was imminent have gotten scared out of equity markets. That any-day-now recession still hasn't shown up. This is despite the prediction of many well-known economists over the past two years. There still has been no recession. As it turns out, there are ways investors can tell if an economic contraction is really coming. I'm Barry Ritholtz, and on today's edition of At The Money, we're going to discuss how to accurately identify in advance, in real time, when the economy is going into recession. To help us unpack all of this and what it means for your portfolio, let's bring in Claudia Sam. She is a former Federal Reserve economist and creator of what has become known as the Sam Rule. Claudia, welcome to Bloomberg's At The Money. Happy to be here. So let's start with the basics. Tell us what happens to the economy during a recession. A recession is a broad-based contraction in economic activity. So it's not about one industry. It's not about one part of the country. It hits all of us, and a recession hits hard. It's And, and that's why we want to fight them. That's why we want to know if they're coming. So that obviously is not great. How long and deep are the typical recessions? It varies. It depends on what what happened. The global financial crisis in 2008, that was a big, fast, deep recession. That was very bad. 2001, the bursting of the dot-com bubble, that's one of the mildest recessions that we've seen in a very long time. So it depends on what hits us as to how hard we go down. Hmm, Really interesting. It's funny you mentioned 01. Because the year before and the year after, 2000 and 2002, was one of those rare years where the stock market was down, even though there wasn't a recession. Surprisingly, that was a fairly mild recession. Where did the 2001 recession show up in the data? In 2001, we saw the unemployment rate rise, not as much as in 2008 or in 2020. And we did see GDP decline, though it was not as severe as we've seen in other recessions. So you developed an indicator, what people call the SOM rule, to help us figure out in advance when recessions are coming. Tell us about it. The SOM rule looks for relatively small increases in the unemployment rate to say we're in a recession. Specifically, we look at the unemployment rate, the national unemployment rate, take the three-month average We don't want to get faked out by the bumps and wiggles. We compare the most recent reading to the lowest of these three-month averages over the prior 12 months. If that difference is a half a percentage point or more, we are in a recession. So let me 
get a little more specific, mm-hmm. how timely is this indicator when it goes off, and what's its track record been like? It has a perfect track record since the 1970s. It's never triggered outside of a recession, and it's always triggered early in one. Far earlier than we would have the official recession uh, dating by the National Bureau of Economic Research, and it's within the first three, four months of a recession. And that also is before we would have the two quarters of GDP that would typically be used to say we're in a recession. Although we've seen two negative quarters of GDP where we haven't had recessions, that's not an official indicator anywhere. It just seems to be a rule of thumb that uh, some countries use, but we don't really use that here in the United States, right? We have the NBER and all of their many uh, indicators that they track. Mm-hmm. What's amazing, and so many relationships have broken in this COVID and the, the recovery, that two quarters of a decline in GDP that always happens in a recession, you got to go back to 1947 to find a time where you have two quarters outside of a recession. So that just shows one should be really careful right now with the rules of thumb that have worked in the past. Right. You can find a good parallel between the post-war era and the post-pandemic era, mm-hmm. giant fiscal stimulus, etc. But but let's stick with the, the SOM rule for a moment. Mm-hmm. Most economic rules that I'm familiar with, they're pretty complex. They rely on a lot of moving parts. The SOM rule seems fairly simple. A single labor market indicator. Is that oversimplifying the complexity of uh, the economy? Or... Do all roads in the economy lead to the labor market? The SOM rule is simple by design. Its purpose was to say, hey, Congress, send out the stimulus checks. And and frankly, do it automatically. Just tie it to the SOM rule. That's why it exists. Uh, It's been used for a lot of other purposes recently. And, And so, but I will say, there's a saying among economists, if you had to be on a desert island and you could only have one data series to tell you what the U.S. economy is doing... It's the unemployment rate. Mm-hmm. It is. It tells us so much for a lot of different reasons. It tells us so much about where we are. And frankly, as you see it start to drift up, it can tell us where we're headed. It's not a perfect signal, but it is something to say, yeah, it's even before the summer would trigger. You should pay attention to it. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. You know, since, since the pandemic ended, it seems almost immediately after the recovery began, We began hearing about a recession. This is already going on for two years. It's imminent. It's about to happen. And as that drumbeat has gotten louder, inflation has gone down, unemployment has fallen, consumer spending has remained robust, even wage gains have gotten better. If anything, the economy has improved. Why this constant drumbeat that a recession is imminent? Many economists, many of my peers, got stuck in the 1970s mm-hmm. in, in that we've had inflation went up. I mean, legitimately, in 2021, that was the first time in a long time we'd seen inflation spike. above 2%. Spike, it yeah. spiked. It went up fast. The wisdom, if you, if you knew nothing else and just saw inflation going up, typically you'd say, oh, okay, the Federal Reserve's got to step in. they got to raise interest rates. And in the past, when the Fed has done that, it ends up in a bad place, right? Like it's hard to do that. The what I had, the point I had made the entire time was that most of that inflation was coming from disruptions from COVID. And as we went into 2022, there were also disruptions from Putin invading Ukraine. Mm-hmm. That's not demand. 
That's not what interest rates solve. Jay Powell did not unload the docks in L.A. He didn't take a second job. He didn't give the vaccine out. <laughs> These were all things that needed to happen to get inflation down. It has been so slow to get back on track. And yet 2023, which we were told was impossible, massive de declines in inflation, unemployment at its lowest in you know since the 1960s, that shouldn't have happened, and yet it made perfect sense if you thought about, hey, there was a pandemic. Hey, there was a war in Europe. So that's what has worked out, and and that's what puts us on a path to the elusive soft landing. So to paraphrase James Carville, it's the pandemic, stupid. Mm -hmm. Huh. So, so what other periods are there in history that are kind of comparable to what we've experienced over the past year or two, where there are all these recession warnings and yet no recession recessions aren't supposed to be forecastable so for two years to have recession calls so loud has been a little mind-blowing mm -hmm. right like we're not supposed to know when these are coming and and we're certainly not supposed to be so certain about it You'd have to go, it's like outside of living memory to find episodes of inflation like what we're seeing after the two world wars, after the pandemic. I mean, these are places we don't have very good data right. in terms, and, and we obviously don't have experience with them. So to gravitate back to the 1970s, the Volcker Fed, you know, the early 80s, it, it makes sense why that's where people go, because that's where we have data, that's what we studied. But, like, that's not what this is. Very different world in the 70s than today. So you mentioned we don't have a giant data set. What have we had, 17 recessions in the past century and change? Given that we can't be generally confident about recession forecasts, how confident should we be in the SOM rule? You actually had discussed, hey, maybe it's not going to be right this time. Absolutely. If the SOM rule were going to break... It would be this time and break in the sense that we could hit that half a percentage point trigger and then the unemployment rate doesn't really rise that much more. We don't go into recession. Typically, after the SOMRO triggers, you have almost a four percentage point increase in unemployment relative to the low. 2001, that was the smallest and it was even still two percentage points mm -hmm. up. So it would be very not usual for you to get up to 4%, which we kind of have to hang around 4% for a while to have it trigger, and then just kind of hang there and maybe come back down later. There's a very good case for why this could happen. It goes back to these disruptions of COVID. We, you know, it's taken the labor market time to heal too. We had all these labor shortages. We need to be bring people back in. Millions of people walked away from jobs because of caregiving, because they didn't want to die. And we stopped processing immigrant work visas. So these things are happening. There's this kind of catch up now. Now it's like there's more people and the jobs have to catch up versus in the labor shortage. It was the other way around. That just can make things really messy. And again, if the summer were ever going to break, it's this time. And frankly, we have seen relationships breaking left and right. So I would be in good company. So let's talk about the things that have broken in the post-pandemic era. We've seen shortages of single-family homes. We've seen shortages of semiconductors. There's still a long way to get a, a, a new automobile. And it appears that we're still dealing with a labor shortage. How many more workers does this country need 
to reduce some of the tightness in the labor market. We started to make a good bit of progress in the second half of last year in terms of getting workers back. And in some cases, even better than before, women's prime age employment is at record highs. Uh, The percent of workers with disabilities who have jobs, record high. The same, and even some very marginalized groups like black men, their labor force participation has looked great. The black unemployment rate has been low. We need these groups to come in, not just to make up the hole that the pandemic created, but to like keep it going in terms of the labor market is really strong right now. And that's that's a good thing. And it's one that we need to build on because, as you said, like there's still a need for talent and productivity. And that was the big kind of under the hood story of last year. So I want to leave investors with a little bit of advice from the creator of the SOM rule. Tell people what they should be looking for if they really want to have the best way of anticipating a potential recession. Keep your eyes on the labor market. The labor market is so essential to American consumers. Like your paycheck, that's what you spend. So if we lose the labor market, we lose consumers. If we lose consumers, we're done. And that's how we get a recession and typically a a weak stock market. So to wrap up, investors who are concerned about all these recession calls we've been hearing about for the past two years should just ignore them. And if you really want to know when a recession is coming, keep your eye on the unemployment rate when the three-month moving average ticks up 0.50 of a percentage point relative to its previous 12-month low, that's a warning sign. Get ready for a possible recession. I'm Barry Ritholtz, and this is Bloomberg's At The Money. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.